0: Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Uh, today, we're going to talk about a couple different things. Uh, we're we're hitting today. Uh, we actually have a listener request. That is right. Somebody asked to go over a topic. And so we are going to talk about something today. Uh, if you want to have any other topics today, we're going to hit me up at Uh Today, we're going to talk about JNC8. Uh, pretty exciting. Uh, this is not new. This is nothing new. But we're going to talk about uh the statistics behind it, some of the evidence behind it, and some of the evidence not behind it. Um, In 2017, JNC-8 was updated by the American Heart Association and American Cardiology uh, groups, and so we're going to talk about that um, as well and how that interplays. Uh, So uh, let's get into it today. Hey, Bob, uh, Bob, start the music. Let's go. The Primary Care Podcast is written and by a family physician for an audience of other physicians, nurse practitioners, physician assistants, residents, and medical students interested in primary care topics. This is not a podcast for patients and should not be used as medical advice. This is also a personal podcast produced in my own time, solely reflecting my personal opinions. Statements of this podcast do not reflect the views, policies, of my employer, past or present, or any other organization with which I may be affiliated. Thank you for listening to the Primary Care Podcast. I'm Dr. Mark List, here to bring you the latest news, guidelines, and updates from primary care sources around the globe, keeping it under 15 minutes long because you're in a hurry and I'm not that smart. All right, so let's hop right into it. Uh, Today, we're going to start obviously talking about JNC8. We're going to jump right in. Uh, JNC8, uh, hypertension guidelines released in 2014, evidence-based guideline for the management of high blood pressure in adults, a report from panel members appointed to the 8th Joint National Committee, JNC8. Uh, I'm going to read the recommendations from that article, and then we're going to talk about them uh, one by one. So let's get into it. Recommendation number one, in the general population older than age 60, initiate blood medications to lower blood pressure at 150 over 90 uh, basically with a goal to treat under 150 and over and under 90 strong recommendation grade a uh, we know that uh, older patients uh, can tolerate uh, or ha- cannot tolerate lower blood pressure so setting that uh, setting that range a little higher um, there's definitely some benefit to that um, not only from a uh, a a symptomatic standpoint but also uh, we're going to get into a little bit later about how actually what what benefits is there from going lower um corollary recommendation uh to number one was general population greater than 60 if treatment results in lower blood pressure and is well tolerated without adverse effects or quality of life treatment does not need to be adjusted expert opinion grade e and i'm gonna uh, we're gonna talk about this grade e uh jnc8 had a lot of grade Es, which. We're going to talk about why, you know, I've talked about this in the past, uh, anecdotal evidence and expert uh, expert opinion based guidelines are the worst um, type of guidelines and should almost never should not even be in guidelines, but we're going to go into the next recommendation. So next recommendation number two, uh, guideline, uh, sorry, uh, in the general population less than age 60, initiate blood pressure medicines with a diastolic blood pressure greater than 90 with a gold treat less than 90 for ages 30 to 59. Recommendation, grade A. Expert opinion, grade E. Okay, now again, treatment over 90 diastolic, try to get a goal under 90. Recommendation number three, in the general population less than age 60, same age, okay? Initiate pharmacological treatment to lower systolic blood pressure at 140 to treat a goal of under 140. Expert opinion, grade E. Okay, so important to know there's benefit if diastolic blood pressure is over 90 to treat and over 150 but here we talk about grade E for treatment over 140 with a goal of under 140 and we're going to we're going to talk about this again but again uh, even though JNC the recommendation was to treat blood pressures greater than 140 it's expert opinion grade E not grade A not grade B but grade E okay in all adult all adult populations age 18 and above with chronic kidney disease initiate blood pressure regimen at blood pressure medicines above 140 and above 90 uh, with a goal under those expert opinion grade E again population greater than 18 with diabetes initiate blood pressure treatment so greater than 140 and greater than 90 grade E again in the non-black population including those with diabetes uh, treatment regimen should include diazide, diuretic calcium channel blocker ACEs or ARPs. Yep, uh, those are the three we use. Those are the three we always use. Beta blockers are definitely, you know, they are fourth line for sure um, and really only given if there are other indications. Uh, We're going to talk a little about resistant hypertension if we get to it, um, but that's a grade B recommendation, so using those three. In black populations, don't use ACEs and ARPs. They don't work as well if they're not diabetic. Um, chronic kidney disease, definitely use ACEs and ARBs uh, to improve kidney outcomes. That applies to everyone, including a uh, black population. So black population, uh, ACEs and ARBs, pretty worthless. Always start with calcium channel blockers and thiazide diuretics. Um, calcium channel blockers significantly have a better uh, treatment effect um, than anything else. Uh, recommendation number nine, basically start a blood pressure medicine out of the thiazide, ACE or ARB, calcium channel blocker. Add a second one if needed, uh, and then you can either titrate up the initial drug first or add the second drug second, um, and then add a third drug from the list if provided. If you have resistant hypertension, you um, can use all three plus you know beta blocker or plus spironolactone. Uh, we're going to talk about that here in a little bit too. So that's that's JNC8, 2014 JNC8. Um, we talked about all that in five minutes. Great. Okay, we have lots of time to talk about other stuff then. Good. Okay, so now this is where I want to talk about the 2017 AHA-ACC Joint Guidelines on the Management of Hypertension. On uh, adults. They basically took the pre-hypertensive population with a systolic blood pressure between 120 and 140 and brought them into pre-hypertension or elevated blood pressure, they called it, which is the 120 to 129. And then hypertension, stage one, defining hypertension at a systolic blood pressure of 130 over 139. Uh, so kind of re-changing what they described as stage one hypertension. So stage one hypertension now starts 130 139 and put that in the you could start treating that at the 130s, 139s. Stage 2 hypertension above 140, whereas the old stage 2 hypertension was systolic blood pressure above 160. Um, So again, that that guideline kind of changed things a little bit. Um, Now, when we talk about blood pressure targets for treatment, they talk about uh, targeting less than 130 over 80, basically, in adults. Um, Now, it's one of these things where I struggle with these changes specifically because a lot of them, as I just read, were expert opinion, grade E, grade E. And and why is it important? So let's go all the way back to what we know about why we use blood pressure medicines, right? Uh, let's look back at a super early, basically uh, golden era, uh Cochrane review of 2009. Why looking at all uh, data review of um, antihypertensive medicines to placebo, right? And looked at which ones showed a decreased risk of cardiovascular events, stroke, heart attack, and mortality, right? And we know that there's many studies of have shown that medications reduce blood pressure, can also reduce the risk of developing cardiovascular issues like heart attacks and strokes. So when you look at an average healthy person without heart disease, non-smoker, non-diabetic, with total cholesterol that's normal, um, or at least not super elevated, you know, when we look at, Older patients above the age of 65 plus, you the number needed to treat with blood pressure medicines for five years is to reduce the risk of a heart attack is 100. So one person benefits, number needed to treat to prevent one heart attack is 101 patients. But here's the thing. That is for a blood pressure of 170 systolic, right? When we When we limit that, when we cap that, to mild hypertension. And I'm this is so this is a different Cochrane review in 2012, pharmacotherapy for mild hypertension 2012 Cochrane review, okay? If you label hypertension between 140 and 140 and 159, sorry, 140 to 159. So you're capping, you're not allowing it to go to the severe hypertensives, okay? Nobody in this In in this Cochrane review, the Cochrane review shows that there's no benefit to treating mild hypertension-reduced cardiovascular events, okay? Uh, So, you know, we know that you really need to have significant hypertension over a long period of time. Now, now caveat with that's a five-year. That's a five-year window, right? So there's this review included four big randomized control trials enrolling 9,000 subjects with mild elevations in blood pressure, 140 to 159, and diastolic 90 to 99 without pre-existing cardiovascular conditions, right? Four to five-year follow-up. No differences were seen in mortality, cardiovascular events, cardiac disease, or stroke. 9% were harmed due to medication side effects, and about 10% of patients have side effects with medication. So that's, that's in general, okay? So, but, but think about what we just said here. We said all of the old studies say there's significant benefits. And I talked about for a 65 year old male, uh, the number needed to treat to prevent a heart attack is 101. The number needed to treat to prevent a stroke is 88. For a man who's age 50, the overall number needed to treat to prevent a heart attack is 238, and stroke is 227. But that's with an average systolic blood pressure of 170 in somebody who has no heart, who has no risk, right? Who has, he's not a smoker, he's not a diabetic, and normal cholesterol, right? So, uh, preventive death, again, number needed treats about 125, um, but that's all comers, right? That's all comers, including people with heart disease, including people with um, diabetes, including people with heart disease, with, uh, with high cholesterol, et cetera. So these guidelines uh, put a lot of emphasis on expert opinions because we see that blood pressure is associated with major cardiac events. Right, we know that hypertension is. We know that even that J-shaped curve that as we go up, we get more and more events. Right, so I think that there's a couple of things about this. Number one is that um, I think that the more recent AHA ACC rechanging who benefits from cholesterol medications based on expert opinion, reshaping the stage one versus stage two hypertensive guidelines. I think is very dangerous because uh, a Canadian group, I'm going I'm to blank, but I just read it as I was reviewing for this podcast, in 2019, looked at these guidelines and showed that the, uh, the number of patients in Canada who would be qualified with hypertension would not quite but nearly double who would be diagnosed with high blood pressure. But those people who were then in that new group of new, newfound hypertensives were young and otherwise healthy. And what do young and otherwise healthy people benefit from? Not usually medications, especially over the next four or five years. So certainly, I think that the I think that the overall take home is sure. I think it's reasonable to define these people who are in the one thirties to one thirty nines. Two thousand seventeen AHA ACC guidelines recommend we label them as even as stage one hypertension, but I would never recommend. Uh, antihypertensive hypertensive regimens, regimens to those patients just because they don't benefit statistically you need to focus on lifestyle changes exercise diet diet and exercise lifestyle diet exercise look for other reasons right Obstructive sleep apnea right uh, other things that could definitely be causing it um, to make sure that there's uh, you know not other secondary causes for hypertension so even then Uh, Again, I I still think we have to talk about lifestyle um, and exercise being the treatment, not necessarily medications, because I think that's kind of crazy. Because where does the benefit lie, right? When we're talking about uh, the overall benefit treatment, in those patients with severe hypertension, they come into the office and they have hypertension. Their blood pressure is 160, 170 systolic in the hundreds diastolic, these people benefit from antihypertensives very clearly. Uh, patients with diabetes, patients with heart disease, patients who have secondary complications that might increase the risk for heart attack, stroke, and overall mortality, such as, you know, smoking, high cholesterol, et cetera, et cetera, inactive lifestyle. You know, your your patient who has borderline hypertension or in this new stage one hypertension in the 130s to maybe even in the 140s, but really their big issue is metabolic syndrome, right? These are obese, Patients, these are inactive patients, plus or minus smoking, uh, plus or minus elevated LDL, low HDL, high triglycerides, patients that may or may not be pre diabetic and yet and then have, you know, slightly elevated blood pressure. Do they need a blood pressure regimen? No, they don't need a blood pressure medication regimen. They need lifestyle interventions, they need weight loss, they need all of the other stuff. And I think that these guidelines focusing on treating to a number. I think misses the whole boat of where our conversation or where our focus and attention need to be. So again, expert opinion uh, being the key phrase for a lot of these recommendations in JNC8. Now we're held to some of these standards, and so again, I always try my best to counsel patients and and ultimately, you know, I do I do have to practice based on you know guidelines. Uh, I have to be based on what quality metrics stand for. But I think quality metrics are usually re- a lot more reasonable than you know treating somebody who's you know blood pressure is 136 systolic, whatever. Um, but again, I think the key thing is, and and all these guidelines say, I, I'm focusing here on the on the the guidelines that say initiate pharmacological treatment to lower blood pressure at X level, whether it's 150 if you're over 60 or 140 if you're under 60. Um, but I think that. I think the take-home messages, while these guidelines say you can initiate pharmacological treatment, the key thing is continue to preach exercise, weight loss, sleep, uh, stress, increase in water intake, decrease in salt intake, although really you have to be a pretty heavy salt uh, consumer to really make a huge difference with blood pressure. But overall, lifestyle management, lifestyle management, lifestyle management, lifestyle management is where your benefit raises, where your benefit is for all of your young, otherwise healthy patients, or even in the pre-diabetic early metabolic syndrome patients. And that's it for a quick JNC 8 slash 2017 AHA ACC hypertension guideline review. Um, The next episode, which we're going to hit up probably the next week, I think-ish. Uh, we're going to hit up, what do you do with resistant hypertension? What do you do with patients who have extremely high blood pressures, um, who are not under good control? What are some tips, tricks? What do the studies say are the benefits? What do the experts say? Um, Might be helpful again, considering that we just bashed on expert opinion for the last 15 minutes. We're going to probably lean on it a little bit and talk about maybe some good tips that they have based on the recommendations, but maybe also where some of their fault is and the recommendations that aren't evidence-based and have actually been now overruled with some evidence, got some fun stuff in the way. But uh, that's it for today. Uh, All I have to say is uh, thanks for tuning in. You don't have to stay up all night to stay up to date. Uh, This has been Dr. Markless from Primary Care Pod. Again, email us at primarycarepod at gmail.com to get any of your uh, articles or studies or recommendations that you want us to talk about. And uh, with that, we'll sign off. Have a great day.